you are hearing this sound in your ears right now, then you know that you are about to put episode 103 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, in your ears. Uh, to that, I say, oh yeah. Um, welcome back to this week's podcast. This week, we're only going to have one podcast. Last week, we, we sort of did a bonus for our friend Steve. Uh, he, Steve Bean of Stranger in the Alps. Wanted to help him out, uh, get some get some press, get some excitement around his album, uh, Pattern Matching, that came out last week. So, uh, you know, if you haven't listened to that podcast, shame on you. If you have not listened to that album, double shame on you. It's a good one. It's an enjoyable one. It's one we, we frequently will play in the basement here. Uh, made right here in D.C. if you're into that sort of thing, the local thing. This week, though, uh, we're going to be talking about an artist, two artists, actually, not because... Either of these artists uh, are are less than the ones we usually talk about, but we're just we're just trying to you know figure out some formatting things. Like, should we do two albums? We used to do four albums, if you believe that, um, and uh, used to do it in a lot less time, actually. Uh, so this week uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Bjork's new album, uh, Von the Cura. Uh, really just wanted to explore my feelings for Bjork. Haven't really talked about her on the podcast or the site. I don't think we've covered her once. Uh, it, but, you know, it's uh, she's out there. Uh, an artist I respect and haven't really gotten into. Uh, uh, the only thing I'll say about this, because we do go pretty in-depth into it, is that um, you know, after after listening to this and talking through it, it might be somebody I pay a little more attention to in the future. It doesn't really it's not necessarily ring in my bell, but it is... Uh, yeah, there's something there. So maybe, uh, maybe I'll evolve into a giant Bjork fanboy. Uh, the other artist we're going to be talking about this week is uh, one Jessica Pratt. Her album "On Your Own Love Again." Uh, that is a record that I uh, spoilers uh, absolutely love. Uh, it came out a few weeks ago, so we're catching up on that. Uh, if you haven't heard her before, we'll we'll break down a little history. Of, of where she's been, where she's going, um, but uh, yeah, had uh, Adam who might not like that record as much as I do, uh, if at all. Uh, Adam Quinn and Patrick down in the basement for this one, so it was a good time. Uh, so I guess right now what we're gonna do is just go to it. So uh, here you go. It's episode number one hundred and three of Chunky Glasses the podcast. Uh, we're reviewing Bjork's Volnikira and Jessica Pratt's On Your Own Love Again. It happens here. And it finishes here. Two men enter. One man. Nearly a two-word review. Just a shit sandwich. That right there is a wonderful house. Place, and I was like, is it Reptar? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, what did you say about them? Uh, about Reptar? Yeah. Um, I would have if you to, want it on the record. We, we don't have to. on the record. I, I, um, I, they're, I think they're just kind of boring. 
Off okay. the record, I I guess while still being on the record, um, the only time <laughs> the last time I saw them, I was I was not a frame of mind to accurately judge them. It was in Athens, Georgia. And it was one, uh, one in the morning. Uh, yeah. Um, so cool. It, it was fun. It was a fun night. Well, uh, you guys get to see the new. Have you you've been down here with the new? Yeah. Oh yeah. New yeah, 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 yeah. Adam's back. Quinn, you hear that? Patrick, you came back. Yes, I'm here. Uh, I think we enjoyed the uh, Damien Gerardo show. That's fun. Thank you for the beer, sir. I did yeah, a little little too much chatter. Apparently, he got mad at somebody the other night. By the way, did he at a different show? Yeah, huh? Did he just did he just like yell at him or? Yeah, there's some YouTube clip someone sent me. Holy shit! It's not even safe to be a dick on stage nope. anymore, is it? <laughs> nope. No. Um, last week we talked about Father John Misty, which was fun. Mm. Both of you, I sort of wish <laughs> could have been here, uh, Adam and Quinn. Uh, but this week. Uh, Bjork is somebody we've never talked about on the podcast. I've never talked about. I'm I'm still trying to figure out my feelings about Bjork. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, she she can be she can be very divisive. Yeah, you know I get it. Um, and uh, you know this is one of those very similar to uh, maybe Slater Kinney even where you are like you have to love Bjork. Mm. Not, know, not as not as powerful. Right. There's you know. I think a lot of people can kind of take or leave Bjork and, and not yeah. really think about her. But then again, you know, among music fans, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there's yeah. there are people who who you know very much love her, and there are people who think that she's kind of impossible to handle and full of shit. You know, exactly. So. She's very much an artist with a capital A, artiste, artiste, artiste. Sorts, yes. Um, and yeah, I've always had a you know, I've there's this thing about Bjork that I always. I have a lot of friends who live in New York and occasionally, you know, she just walks around, mm-hmm. you know, um, for all her kind of elf and princess persona. <laughs> she actually just kind of walks around New York a lot. So a lot of my friends see her. And every time I'm like, I, I really want her to be like smoking a lucky strike and like talking on the phone, firing everybody, just being like, you know, I just want to puncture the elf and princess thing. You know, I want her to be like, no, fuck that. Ten points. Kiss my ass on ten points. I want more on the back end. Fire we, well, him. we might do that with this album review. You know, <laughs> so, no. but, but, and we'll get to some of that, actually. Uh, so we're going to be talking about uh, her album dropped. Uh, uh, how, do you, how do you pronounce it? It's Volnerka? Volnacura. Volnacura. We're probably getting it wrong. Yeah, we whatever. are probably getting it wrong. I mean, it's hard enough we to pronounce fucking Bjork, it's okay. you know. So. Um, we're going to be talking about that and a uh, new record from Jessica Pratt. Is West Coast, uh, not Natalie Prass. Um, th- this one is actually uh, one of the things I want to talk about with Pratt when we get to her is is how like Prass is getting all the press. This maybe is the one that should be. So mm-hmm. it's a whole different discussion. Um, before we get into that though, uh, I guess we're still talking about riders. Mm-hmm. We mentioned. Jack White's guacamole. Right. Uh, some blog made it. It looked pretty damn good. It did, yeah, it does look good because, you know, guacamole is good. Right. I mean, that, that, I'll, I'll kill some guacamole. It's pretty hard to screw up. Yeah. So uh, the only reason we're talking about this is because uh, I, I thought this was done. Uh, I thought it humorous that, like, NPR posted another story on it. Like, mm-hmm. but who gives a fuck? Like, right. Weekend story, NPR, who cares? Uh, apparently, Jack White cared. And uh, Quinn, you've read the actual press release, which is this open letter. Um, got this really weird uh, letter from his press company that basically was like, 
cutting down music journalists and and saying all this shit and like over explaining like it was done that was a thing it, it was, was done, done. And, and it's like and it's like it's he's trying to explain how he's not that douchebag but in doing this he explains is. exactly why he is a how he is that douchebag but i mean we kind of knew before this that he was that douchebag yeah um if you see him on stage he acts like that douchebag kind of i don't yeah. know he like he i mean in in and maybe part and a lot of that's necessary and he like puts on a, a great show i'm gonna have a little dinger uh is coming every time we call jack white a douchebag it's gonna get ding <laughs> there should be like a, a jack white douchebag counter yeah. you know that I like mean, like an odometer well, that goes like up the national time. debt clock yeah. <laughs> uh adam let's explain a rider to people okay so a rider is essentially like a um is essentially a list of requirements that the artist has now sometimes they can be like the bad press always happens when you hear about uh, kind of crazy things that they're asking for back in the dressing room. But the writer also includes things like technical requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the the most famous one we can think of would be the brown M&Ms. Yeah. yeah. No brown M&Ms by Van Halen. OK, yeah. now there was a specific reason that they had that. And what was that reason? That reason was was because if they walked into the dressing room and saw that there were actually brown M&Ms in the bowl, yeah. it means that they didn't read the fucking writer. Exactly. OK, so that means Maybe the amps will short out. Maybe yep. they didn't pay attention to the lighting. Maybe they didn't pay attention to the sound system. Maybe the stage will fucking collapse. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. Okay. No. No, it matters. Yeah, no, it, it does. matters. It now, there's there's that there's that kind of thing, which are little kind of like Easter egg booby traps mm-hmm. that they, they place for the venues and the promoters. Then there's also like the Jennifer Lopez um, horse shit where she wants to be picked up in a white limo. Uh, she wants 13 dozen uh, yellow roses. And she right. wants the entire uh, room in the arena to be draped in in like gypsy satin, you know. And and then you hear stuff about like rap guys who want to be who want like nine new pairs of Jordans right. and right. shit uh, that that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so there's there is that there's there's got to be a fine line between Easter egg booby traps that are useful to make sure that the the venue and the promoters are actually doing what they're supposed to do. Mm. And then there's just kind of the horse shit, um, you know. Uh, Yeah. There's the horse shit. There's actually a site site dedicated to this. It's been around forever called The Smoking Gun. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. And and it has the brown M&M writer and has all these famous writers. Yeah. I I would never in a million. Like when I first heard the brown M&M Van Halen thing, I was like, well, what a bunch of assholes. But then (laughs) – you know, after being out on the road and stuff and seeing what can go wrong in a show. Right. You know, it's like that that stuff kind of matters. You know, it really does. Um, but again, there's also there's a fine line between useful stuff um, and just kind of like artist decadence horseshit. Um, so speaking of which, I don't mm. think Kevin read my writer because <laughs> yeah. I asked for fresh yeah. Indian food from yeah. the local. <laughs> now, Jack White, Jack White's writer, you know, the the guacamole thing, I don't I don't I I oh god. You, but like it that doesn't even seem like that high like I feel like there uh, could be way bitchier diva things to request than right. guacamole made a certain way. Um I think like they keep I don't know. I would have I would have I wouldn't be surprised if he had requested like a like personal like leather technician to shine his boots before right. on stage right. or something. Yeah, like the guacamole seems like not that doesn't seem that big a deal to me. It's it's not a big deal, and that's sort of what I um I, I guess why we're still talking about it because uh, one of the thing 
we'll talk about with Jessica Pratt is is how the press is really has nothing to talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I will not say on one side or the other whether or not Jack White is a douchebag. Maybe he is a douchebag. Right. Um, but um, at the same time, for like a site like Consequence of Sound to publish this story twice. Mm-hmm. Or Pitchfork. I mean, all or Pitchfork. Yeah. You know, it's fun. It's clickbait. You know, there there was part of that press release in his letter. It's true. But it on his end, does he not understand the press cycle? Does he not understand that he's a celebrity? Like more so than any musician. I mean, he, he can put out like three bad albums and still sell out like stadiums. Right. Everybody can, wants to see him. Yeah. Can we uh, – I have an idea to take this – blow this up maybe to a larger question. Mm-hmm. Did anyone read the Dylan's, Dylan's speech at the Music Cares thing? I did. So somewhat similar. Jack White, with, I haven't loved the last album or so, but I like the White, the white Stripes stuff I think is good. Absolutely. And I, I loved it, and I've seen him in also concert. Also that other band he had uh, yeah. happening. Dead Weather? Dead yeah, Weather. yeah, Dead Weather. And, but the other one. Uh, the, oh, the... Uh, Rackin' Tours. With the guys, yeah, Rackin' yeah, Tours. They were great. So, I, have, I have a couple so of So we're not disparaging his output. No, no. So, no, not his output. What you're kind of saying is not only does he not understand the press cycle... And, and this will get to Dylan in a minute, but why are you bothering to get down in the muck? Right, like, just right. shut up. You won. Right. You won at music for the better part of like a decade. Like, pull back. And you're still winning. Yeah, like, you're yeah. still winning. Still like, winning. just ignore the gnats and the flies, and it, nothing will come. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. There was that time when Jack White, uh, you know, shit on the Foo Fighters or something. Right. And, and, and the Black it, Keys, he has a whole beef Yeah, with. it's irritating when, when like, guys who are, have sold X amount of copies and just have money falling out of their asses still feel the need to punch down. Right. You know. Well, the 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 subject of the email was for God's sake exclamation point exclamation point. And I was like I knew I knew who it was from and I was like what the, what is this? And right. I looked at it, I'm like you got to be fucking kidding me. Right. Like what are like <laughs> I mean, who someone in this PR comedy should have just been like no, no, <laughs> just like no, we're not going to do this. Right. I don't know if that particular PR company will do that because they're like that. But uh, right, it's so, just it's just never a good idea to tell the entire music media world to go fuck itself. No matter how high up on the uh, musical mountain you happen to be. Well, and that's you know? that's what I mean by the Dylan thing is that he was very generous towards certain people, but he was an absolute ass to all these critics who had not. Taking him seriously. And I just wanted, I was reading it going, you're Bob Dylan, man. Right. Right. You won right. like at everything. And <laughs> right. so I didn't really get it. And I was reminded of the Michael Jordan Hall of Fame speech. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it takes to be, you know, this. Tre- like you can't let anything great artist slide. Is you have to be so, ins- like, because Michael Jordan, not to turn into a sports thing, but when he got inducted to the Basketball Hall of Fame, he spent the entire speech calling out, like, the three people who ever doubted him. Right. <laughs> and telling him how horrible they were for doubting like, him. And Bob I like, Smith, North Carolina, I remember you stealing my sneakers in fifth grade, exactly. motherfucker. So yeah. and that's what I don't get. Like, you are essentially at this sainthood level in, of adoration within the, the field you've chosen. Jack White's not quite there, but like, why not just say, you know what? I'm going to be generous here. I'm going to live and let live, and it will go away. And in the the big picture, it doesn't matter. And it's very frustrating. But on the flip side, what I'm starting to think is maybe that's what gets Jack White up in the morning. Unfortunately, you know what I would have done if I were Jack White? I would have started a goddamn guacamole company. Yeah, (laughs) you know. 
It is. Or it, it does if you were if you were Sun Kill Moon, you would have written a song called like the the University of Oklahoma <laughs> can like suck my cock and yeah. eat guacamole off of it or something. But, oh, but, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it does. It seems, be a little, it seems a little. It seems a little It does seem a little like kind of unseemly when like a guy who's at the top of his game musically and both in album sales and critical acclaim and tour money and everything like that like gets into it on in like the YouTube comment section yeah, and that's right. kind of what this feels like yeah. you know. It's um, like let us just 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 you won, buddy. You just move yeah. on. Let's move past the guacamole. Thing. I vow this is the last time we'll talk about this. Right to that to that. Uh, but having effect. said that, I do want to make it clear that in some cases, some cases, the idiotic uh, kind of diva rider request serves an actual function. Sure. Sometimes it does. You know. Sure. So when I first read about the guacamole thing, I was like, well, maybe he's just making sure that all the but all that, the. But that's like know. anything in the world. Like if, if you are booking an artist that has those ridiculous things, if you want to like publish that and know if you want to do something, knowing it'll willingly uh, upset them mm-hmm. and they will not come play your venue. That's your anymore. lookout. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's your lookout. There's no, there's no like great struggle here. That's yeah. just what'll happen. Yeah. You know, somebody's an incredibly. Uh, okay. It was a college, right? Yeah. Yeah. University of what? Oklahoma. Yeah, that's the other question: is when does the resource slash competency level of the venue come into play? Like, if you're playing IOTA and you're doing the Brown M and M test, not nothing against IOTA, but like well, IOTA's not gonna there. There ain't, ain't no riders. That's what in I mean. IOTA. Like even that. <laughs> right, even that's that, what I mean. Like, like rock and roll. Walking IOTA, you can roll that kick ass pasta right. and like a beer, yeah. and that's about but it. But that's my point: is like, yeah. at what point do you go? Okay, I'm at a college. These kids didn't, you know, they. Whatever, something got screwed up. Yeah, they well, they probably also people. No offense, every, Quinn. No, no, but everybody no, no, no. probably ran backstage and like stole the towels he was using. Right. Yeah, right. what they did is they thought it was a funny story. Yeah, yeah. and they f- filed a Freedom of Information Act and they got like the document. That's it. Did you need a Freedom of Information Act? Did they do Freedom Act of Information Act? Yeah. Is that because Oklahoma's a public? Wait, no why idea. Is there a FOIA? Why, why the is there a government file record? A FOIA to get to get? No, no, no. Look, talking about. I know a lot about FOIA. Why is it a government record? I have no idea. Is it because it's a public university? Maybe. I, I, it's possible. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. All right. Maybe next podcast. You come yeah, back yeah, on. Yeah, we'll yeah. still be talking all about right, it. Right. Uh, the last thing about this, uh, do you think in 2015 we're going to be able to replace Prince's a dick with Jack, Jack White's, White's a, a douchebag? I, I say, man, you know what? I say we get a competition going. Okay. Hey, well, we, Prince, Prince uh, he uh, introduced uh, the best album of the year, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, what was his line? Uh, like, like books and black lives, albums still matter. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good line. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, I think what we ought to do is on the website, we ought to get like literally we ought to get an odometer kind of like a, one of those old, <laughs> one of those old school web counter deals, <laughs> one with Prince and one with Jack White. And we just kind of keep should be a bet, track like of the, a board. Keep track of the dick track. things, you know, I, uh, and uh, and so we can just kind of keep oh, a running man. tally as to who's, okay the, on the who's the bigger blue vein dick. Yeah. Um, you guys don't want to talk about that any day. I don't really no. give a shit about no. the Grammys. No, nobody goes. All right. Uh, I will, if I may, the only thing that's interesting about that is it's not that I didn't like the Beck album. It's just for that Beck album to be the one where he gets recognized. That's the problem with the Grammys. Nationally, like it's so bizarre. If you, if you pay attention to the Grammys for right. like what, like you're looking for these are the, oh, the right. best and yeah. brightest of things, then you're looking in the wrong place. Right. But, yeah. Um, I'm happy for him because I like Beck, but it was strange. He wasn't expecting it. I can no. tell that. Tell you that right now. He was like, "What?" Neither was Kanye. What? what? <laughs> uh, let's hear some Bjork. Bye. 
That's the first track off of uh, Bjork's ninth studio album, uh, Volmakira. We pronounce it differently up front, probably. Um, if you are to believe the press, which is... Uh, this was the album I was talking about, with I think, with Steve Shapley, or Stranger in the Alps, about an album where they were just continually beat you over the head, told you what it's about. Like, it's about a breakup. It's about <laughs> our breakup. It's about this. Right. You don't need it. But that said, uh, I, think, I think they've said it is about... Uh, her breakup with artist Matthew Barney, uh, who she has a kid with. Uh, this album was actually originally scheduled to be released in March, and it was um, going to be part of basically an art show. There's a book coming out, and there's an art show, uh, if you've heard the album. That, this all sounds this, so very Bjork. It, it's very Bjork, but it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, it leaked. And Way so, early. Two months early. Um, if you've been following Bjork over the years, this is sort of a... I look back at like some stuff she was doing, like Homogenic '97, working with strings and stuff rather mm-hmm. than like straight up beats. Um, you know, she's said in uh, in interviews that this was sort of like her working through this breakup, not just a song about the break, but like the process of it is mm-hmm. doing all this. Um, and it's being praised left and right for its emotional honesty and daring. Hmm. So, um, we're talking about Bjork. Basically, we, I, did, I didn't want to miss it. This is one of the bigger albums this year. Sure. But I haven't talked about Bjork. Uh, so, I want to start by talking about uh, her musical daring. I think, Adam, you... That's, that's one of the... Well, see, that's one of the things I really, really appreciate about her. Okay. You know, with a lot of other bands and a lot of other artists, you pretty much know exactly what you're there are very few artists where you don't know what you're going to mm-hmm. get like you know what you're going to get when i don't know like acdc puts out an album or weezer or oh, or, yeah. or even no well, even, no but even like slater you, Kin- a turd? No, yeah. no you did not polish no, <laughs> no but like slater kenny you you pretty much know what you're going to get with a slater kenny album you know what you're going to get with a wilco album i think mm-hmm. um you never have any real idea what you're going to get with a bjork album mm-hmm. you never know you know um and that's one of the things I absolutely love about her, you know. Now, granted, 
I, I have a real problem with her elf and princess thing, like sure. I said, just because I think I, I, I'm, not, I'm not interested in it. It's you in know? your cutie pie Venn It's diagram. in my cutie pie Venn <laughs> and, and yeah, I hate yeah. cutie pie. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, but, but I've, I've always really appreciated her, um, her kind of fearlessness, you know, mm. there's never, she's, she's never, she's never been like, well, let's, let's get a rap guy in here. Mm. You know, she's never kind of followed the trends. Um, and she's co-produced almost all of her albums. Exactly. Um, and she, yeah. and, and one of the, one of the issues was that she rarely gets credit for being, like one of the Which main talked about one of the yeah. main and you know she's serious she's not a joke no know? and a lot of times when you see her, when you hear like a co like a co-production on on quite a few artists that's kind of like a little like you know sure you co-produced right. <laughs> yeah yeah right you're adorable you know but, yeah but with bjork it's serious you know i agree about 90 percent with what you're saying but i will say you you do always know you're going to get her voice that's true and yeah you do always know you're going to get a very sort of naked emotionality about how she feels about something. Mm, I'm with you, but here's, here's how I approach Bjork. Yeah. I have a tendency to not listen to her lyrics, you know, well, I have a tendency to not four listen languages, to but yeah, <laughs> no, it's just, well, it's not even, I have a tendency, I view, I view Bjork's voice. Um, I treat Bjork kind of the same way I treat heavy metal. Yeah. Like in the sense that like in heavy metal, the lyrics can be kind of silly. Like right. you're not the God of Hellfire. You're from fucking Gaithersburg, <laughs> yeah. you know, but like but the the overall musical like effect, if you don't mm. listen to the lyrics are pretty amazing. I like I kind of view Bjork's voice the way I view like Miles Davis's trumpet or it's something. another instrument. Yeah, it's yeah. just another, it's another instrument. instrument. And it's great. I love I love the sound. And lyrically, I don't really listen to it. Like if you listen to the lyrics on that first track you just played i think like it almost sounds like a rush something like getty lee would singing because it's like coordinates and juxtaposition yeah. i think are in the yeah, first yeah. line which could totally be a rush song <laughs> you know when you think about it yeah there's um, there's a um for me there's always been a fussiness to her music it's yeah always turned me off I, I i've never been and i'm not a bjork fan now right um it, it's weird so I, I was actually with you a little bit like I've gone through multiple listens of this and trying to like get in inside the album, figure out what's going on. Right. The one thing I, I absolutely can't say I mean, this is she's a talented motherfucker. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's not a joke. <laughs> but is this like for me? This isn't like engaging me mm -mm. beyond like one listen, mm -hmm. beyond like one song. I, I I don't know. There's I mean it's it's definitely a song cycle. I recognize the craft. I I said something about the um, the art show up front because. This seems more. Um, if you remember, uh, William Burroughs and uh, uh, Tom Waits did a musical, it's right. a German musical, the, the Black Rider. The Rider yeah. It's absolutely not meant to listen, be listened to as an album. Mm -hmm. There's no way you, you you see this as a performance piece. This is something I might want to see. Right, but I think this is this is part of a, a performance piece, but it's also an album. It's also being presented as an album too. Right. So I don't know if the I think. And I would agree that, like, by the fourth song, I was, like, kind of just like, oh, man, there's still, like, half an hour. Like, <laughs> like, like. No, I understand that. Right. I totally do. Right. And I, not that I wasn't, I didn't, not that, like, sonically I was, like, this is bad. It's just, like, maybe my, my, maybe I, I think it probably is just a matter of taste and my tastes just aren't, don't lie in hour long albums with this much mm. or, orchestration and uh, all that kind of stuff. Let me ask a question. I like, I love PJ Harvey. 
I don't love every PJ Harvey album, but mm. I like most of them. She, to me, is, is similar to Bjork, an artist with a capital A, and that each album she's trying to do something totally completely different. different. Right. Sometimes sure. she even changes the way her voice sounds, which yeah. is really interesting and cool. Right. And she changes her entire persona, which I think Bjork does on some level as well. And maybe it's because I'm a Neanderthal, and at least there's some element of straight up rock in the PJ Harvey albums that right. I can kind of in a lot of rock to. in this one. Yeah, yeah, but. For whatever reason, if if I put them side by side, I'd probably take PJ Harvey <clears throat> ninety nine times out of a hundred. Sure, but but I, that's it. But that's not to. It's not a slam against Bjork. It just. I just mean that. And I. I think I'm making the same point as you and, and Kevin. I, I have a lot of respect for the artistry. Uh, yeah. And the control and the amount of decisions that have been made and the honesty of this. It's just. I. I. I much like Quinn. I. Three songs in, I was going, wow, there's well, a lot of album left. For, first of all, she's, how, how old is she, like 40s? She's like 40, 48 40, or something. She she's almost kid. 50 years this old. Is, this, yeah. is, this is very mature subject matter. Mm -hmm. So, like, Quinn, it, there's almost no way what she's talking <laughs> about is going to hit you. You're not going to feel the pain of a breakup, and now you have a kid. But not, yeah, right. not, just, right. not just a breakup, but a breakup of, of right. the Long father of her child. Yeah. Right, right. That doesn't mean I'm not, I'm like, can't no, be empathetic. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> like, That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Man. You have no feelings. <laughs> but but uh, I guess my point is, is, like, who is this connecting to? Like, I, I am of that age, and I, I can't, I want to I want to find, and it's it's something I've, I've always found in her music, or not found, actually. I want to. Find something that connects me to this. Something that I'm like, okay, intellectually, your your voice is insane. Your skills as a producer are insane. Like you are the best, but you are. It doesn't come together in in a in a song package. You know, a lot of things we've talked about on the podcast is that, you know, at the end of the day, you have the first thing is you have to write a good song. And if you don't do that, I right, had more fun you, okay, taking these the songs problem. apart than you're, I did you're, you're, them. You know, you guys were we're, we're placing her in the same category she's never done like i don't think she's done songs for three albums not, not no. on post but i mean back back earlier i'm talking i think the post sure but like there's like a dividing line i think like the idea the traditional song structure i don't think because are you able to find like some really easily identical not identifiable verses and choruses here mm. i'm not is it and is i'm it, not expecting i'm not expecting that from Bjorn. do you think this is slipping more into the uh avant jazz area like honestly i found myself thinking that like I don't want to say, you know, like Ornette Coleman or something. I was, I was, I, I found Maybe. myself kind of well, thinking of Ornette Coleman in the sense that, like, you know, Ornette Coleman wasn't using traditional strong so, song structure either. Right. I don't know if it's a valid comparison because, uh, you know, her stuff is like completely produced. And it's know. got it's got an interesting electro electronic element too. Yeah. Um, of you kind of hear her being influenced maybe by. Um, Kind of the current electronic music, kind of like more. Well, like she, she doesn't. She doesn't, tail, she doesn't do rock. She, you know, she doesn't do pop. She doesn't do electronic dance. She doesn't even come near it. That and she's, you know, um, and I, I would argue that she isn't even. She isn't bo bothering with regular strong like song arch architecture. You know, right. she isn't bothering with any of that well, stuff. So if. If you kind of realize that, not realize it because that makes it sound like I get something that you guys don't, you know. But if you it just sort of come to the table realizing that Bjork is not a verse, chorus, verse chick and hasn't been for a long time, you know, then that that kind of might give you a little bit more of a, a I guess, tolerance of what she's doing. You might you might be able to stay awake.
for well, the, there, is, there is there is some traditional structure though traditional in quotes on Black Lake the chorus on Black Lake are these long drawn out uh, chords that are right. kind of moving like a lot the first few times it's these string chords that are kind of mutating from like a major to a minor right. and then later it's like a bass chord I mean those are the choruses <laughs> there's no right. words they're just like yeah. a note that's shifting into another note for 35 seconds and then she goes back into like it forces you to pay attention it, you have to pay attention in yeah. order to get it and that you know no i don't know no nobody ever walks into a, like a karaoke bar <laughs> and like ask for some bjork you know to get yeah. up there and sing you know um mm-hmm. so be a much stranger world if they did yeah um, i probably but more karaoke in iceland by that <laughs> that song in particular though that's like the the middle of the album i think that's what you're and that's the breakup. Yeah, you know, right. And that's an important piece. Um, I'm going to play a song actually that comes after that now, uh, which is Adam Dance. You know, because as the album goes on, I mean, it is a cycle. You can you can, you can dig deep enough to ascertain that, right? Um, uh, but this is Adam Dance. It's actually featuring uh, Anthony of Anthony and Johnson, yeah. who I'm also not. <laughs> uh, let's listen a little bit of this. Tune 
Okay, so uh, that, that's Adam Dance that's falling in the... Um, if you divide the records in the thirds, that's the, the last third of this this movement thing. Um, is that the most successful song you think on the album? Successful? A- accessible. Uh, I don't... Well, I don't know that any of her songs are really accessible. I don't know if any mm-hmm. of the songs are this are on, on this are accessible, but I don't... She's not meant to be like accessible, you know. She she hasn't. That, that's not her mo, and it hasn't been her mo in a while, right. maybe ever. Well, let's let's no because she she used to do stuff like remember when she did that that um I'm falling in love. Oh she yeah, did that big okay. band yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, with the sugar cubes, human behavior. Yeah, cube, she's man. not allergic to hooks, but I think you know she's almost fifty. Let's mm. remember that she's almost fifty, right. and she's done the pop thing, and she's trying to do something else. You know. Part of me wonders on this album how much I'm not hearing and like if that makes any sense like in the like the 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 orchestral sounds in her voice are really what stand out to me. But I feel like there's a lot of production that I'm missing or just not even like hit. It's not even hitting me because everyone keeps talking about all this production and all this great all of these. There's a there's a layer of of you have to like Bjork and what you're hearing people say all that. Right. Uh, and that's not to diminish the production that went into this. Uh, I think it is, but there is a layer of that for sure. Um, it's weird because I I, I don't know if a, a switch flip, but I'm I'm starting to get more. Actually, I didn't know it was because you had him because you know you were like yeah jazz guy, mm-hmm. and um, but uh, getting back into like my background of like classical music and stuff and listening to stuff mm-hmm. and sitting down and listening to uh, this specifically right now, I'm all about like the uh, the chilly. Winter album, right? Uh, that is that is a. She's a, from Iceland. She's got that it, winter it, shit covered. That's yeah, an experience, and um, I guess what I'm trying to do is figure out where this fits into, uh, maybe even popular music. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Does it have to? No. Okay. Absolutely, it doesn't. I mean, you know, we. Why don't? I don't know. It almost feels like, uh, you know, when when Kate Bush puts we're putting in a, in a, in a wrong category here, guys, because like when I don't know if Kate Bush put out another album, would, would we all be like, well, where are the hooks? Where are the where are the jams like on a Kate Bush album? <laughs> no, but, but you know what Kate Bush is supposed to do? I, yeah, I know. You know, you know what neighborhood she's she's supposed to be in? I mean, like, look, she's not Britney Spears or, you know, I mean, yeah, she's not that chick. Mm-hmm. She's she's in a completely different neighborhood, right? And she started out in kind of like pop music. Um, I don't want to say rock, but she kind of started out in the pop music neighborhood, and and she's moved. She moved out of that neighborhood a long time ago. You know? Well, no, you mentioned classical music. When I was listening, trying to take this apart, and I didn't have a knob that could turn down like track one and mm. turn up track three or whatever. But the strings on this album are positively like Straussian. They're really yeah. It sounds, parts of it sound like that song Stanchion, which I think is his song about the Holocaust, which is right. one of the most beautiful things you'll ever hear in your life. And then there's some, you know, there's some little trippy beats over it. And then there's her voice. And, yeah. and you just. Sometimes, and sometimes she comes in with like yeah. a, the only real drums you hear, you hear like, I don't think there's not a consistent beat right. happening throughout any of this. And occasionally you'll just hear like a dry little funeral drum. Right or a giant electronic bass sound right, kind yeah. of in the back that is throbbing, and you're like, "Well, right. that, where did that come?" Well, from? I think it's something too often. That like, and again, you're getting this out of the the pop sphere, but like talking about like the Father John Misty album, the string arrangements on that, right? You know, you, you can have in um, 
in pop and rock and stuff. You, you have the Aerosmith strings. Or dream on. Yeah, yeah. Or this this stuff, um, which is is much different and it is fusing like classical players and, and arrangements and stuff like in a way that I, I don't know that we see too often other than on really, really obscure albums. Right. So to see this popping up on this album that is easily one of the highest profile albums of the year. Yeah. You just I'm just saying you shouldn't you shouldn't expect um you shouldn't ex- you you shouldn't come to a Bjork album with any expectations of anything. She's never been consistent. She's never done the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again. And if and also if you're if you're expecting kind of like verse chorus verse chorus uh bridge chorus and songs from Bjork then you're you're kind of looking in the wrong place mm-hmm. you know so where where are you going to where are you going to land on this I'm going to buy it I'm going to buy it I I liked the album a lot um I had to pay attention to it you know and and it's I I kind of as I'm getting older I kind of value that when an album forces okay. me to listen to it um you know god forbid it ever gets to the point where I can just put something on and ignore it and and clean up the house yeah. you know um I, I like this album a lot. Uh, it's it's different. It's different from the last Bjork album, which is different from the album before that. And and isn't that what you want? I you think know? so. Yeah, mm. that's what you want. I, I'd like I like it when artists evolve. I mean, you know, I like it when artists are just kind of kick ass, consistent. You know, it's yeah. like it's like mm-hmm. like hundred visions. Yeah, like getting a good like you yeah. got your one place where you get a good steak and cheese, right? And that's your joint, you know. Yeah. yeah, fine. There's nothing wrong with that too. But I also like the guys and the artists who who are kind of evolving from album to album, and Bjork definitely does that. Again, uh, I don't pay any attention to the fairy princess shit. Right. Do the cutie pie stuff, and that helps. Yeah. You know, if you avoid the persona or wonder um, what kind of crazy shit she has on her rider, you know, if you just uh, avoid that and just listen and to just the listen actual to product, it. then you'll probably have a better experience. You know, Quinn, I'm gonna stream it um, because I'm still I'm in, I'm I'm engaged by this album, but also not engaged. I'm engaged by like what it presents, but when I actually am like in the thick of listening to it, mm. I can't. I don't find myself fully there. You don't uh, find yourself enjoying it, or you don't I, play yourself. I it's hard. It's kind of hard to nail down because I do enjoy it, but I don't. I like enjoy it, but I don't really want to listen to it all, like that much. It's like I. It's I. I kind of just grew tired of it, and I want. I think I'm in the stream because I want to revisit it and want to keep going yeah. into it. Um, but I do think she's. I mean, I think no no one here is doubting her talent um, and her artistry. And um, I think seeing her live would be. I would pay a lot of money to see her live. I definitely like to see the I, art thing. That I, I, yeah, I I, I've, I've, I've never I've, I've never been down with that until this album. Right and now, I'm like, oh yeah, I'd yeah. like to see. She that. won't play in DC, no. but I don't, I don't know where the fuck she would play. Fairfax, um, one or two. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jack cat backstage <laughs> above the bayou, <laughs> <laughs> above the bayou. <laughs> uh, Patrick, uh, well, I bought it. Full disclosure. Okay. So, uh, but I don't. If I, if if I had not bought it, mm-hmm. I think I would probably be in this stream category. Uh, I think that if I were to spend more time really making concentrated listens of, to pieces of it and sort of taking notes like yeah. I was for this, I think I might come to appreciate it more. And there were things that, you know, like one song after I finished, I sort of wrote, wow, but I still didn't 
want to go back and listen to it again. Right. So I was kind of blown away by the accomplishment, but not so much. Not intrigued to the intrigued point where you want to hear it again. My other yeah. final note on this album is I wrote after the third song, please don't let Tom York hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I think that speaks for itself. Right. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually going to stream it uh, for actually the reasons you gave, the reasons you gave, but also um, I don't, um, I, I appreciate all everything going on and I get it and stuff, but even listening to it this morning, uh, it's it's doubtful that I'll listen to it again. Like, I'm not going to put this on and listen to part of it, and I'm, and I'm struggling to figure out a, a point where I'm going to sit down and be like, you know what I should listen to? Bonacura. Well, if my wife left me, <laughs> maybe this is me. Maybe what I put on as I'm I can like think curled of so up in the many other heartbreak albums yeah. that, that resonate more. Right, I'd like for example, go, Layla Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> 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 can of worms. Uh, but uh, no, I, I can think of so many other things that are just um, probably put on Blood on the Tracks before. Yeah, this. Blood on the Tracks. So like, I, I, gentlemen by the Afghan wigs. Yeah. If if they hadn't um, come out and and literally just beat the world over the head, saying what this album is about. Uh, it would have encouraged me to dig deeper into it. Mm-hmm. But now that I know, I'm like, well, this is just okay. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So yeah. going to stream it probably a few more times. Uh, if you are a fan of Bjork, though, I guess check it out. I'm, so, I checked it out. I dug it. Uh, right now, let's check out an artist that I very much dig, and I think Adam, you don't. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, Jessica Pratt is okay. back, baby. You know I try to see things from your side To leave things undefined But where would you advise? Better change and read a new design For the missing piece I have to disguise Swallow a paper with the head in it Your love is just a myth I devise Things like that you can never take back again. Mm. Things like that you can never take back again. Mm. If there was a town that you loved me, if there was a town when you said that you want me to believe. Right, so that's the first single off uh, Jessica Pratt's latest album, On Your Own Love Again. It came out a few weeks ago. Um, like I said, we're playing a little catch-up here. Uh, it was a follow-up to her self-titled debut, uh, which that got a lot of acclaim, uh, mainly with some of the people she worked with. Uh, uh, well, not mainly, because some of the people she worked with, but um, it helped. Uh, and... Um, you know, we're we're talking about like a folk singer, I guess, who's in the in the vein of uh, we were saying Joanna Newsom uh, pops up. You can go back; she's been compared to Joan Baez, Joni Mitchell. Um, she is, uh, for my money, this actually came out at the same time uh, Natalie Price's album, which we talked a little bit about. Um, and 
you know that is is beyond blowing up mm-hmm. beyond blowing up um I'm not sure how well this is doing, but for me... On the Natalie Press, real quick, uh, before her album came out, I think her, her DC9 show had like 15 tickets sold. I know. And then um, like two days later, like Best New Music, like yeah, all the shit, it was sold out. Oversold. I know. Yeah. Um, and there are, uh, while I do like a couple songs on that, there are... Got some problems with that record. Um, what Pratt does is... Uh, is very uh, the the definition of lo-fi. Um, she works in circles of people like with uh, Ty Siegel, um, Devander Banhart, stuff like that. Um, but uh, this entire album was recorded on a four track in her bedroom. Oh, that sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. which which you can hear the hiss. You can which hear the it, which it sounds like it. When, you, can hear, you can hear the fucking air conditioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And and when I what I was talking about uh, in in Bjork is. You know these chilly winter albums and and sort of going on a journey. Like I, I put this on uh, the first time I got it, and it was sitting down here, and it was just like, whoa. <laughs> and I don't know what it was because you know I haven't done hallucinogenics in a long time, but this is this is uh, lends itself to a type of music that uh, arguably I don't like. Uh, very anglophilic, very, um, very like English gardeny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and yet, yeah. I'm here, sort of, really digging this album, um, which is why we're talking about it. Um, I'll start with Adam again because Adam is not digging this album. <laughs> but let's let's talk, brother. All right. Um, you know, musically speaking, um, I didn't have, I didn't uh, initially have a problem with it because it, it almost it reminded me of you, you guys have heard of the Kings of Convenience, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of that, and I was and I, I like the Kings of mm-hmm. Convenience a lot. Um, but uh, so I was just checking this chick out, and you know, I, I checked out her Wikipedia and all that, and um, I just want to make sure, absolutely sure, because you guys, I'm sure, looked at the same yeah. thing. At, at any point, did this chick live in England? Was she born in England? No, I don't think so. Then she's using a fake British accent, so fuck her. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Fuck come her. On. That I hate is that, is that... <laughs> I hate fake British accents like the devil. I hate fake British accents in American singers worse than this fucking This year's Al-Qaeda. Future Islands, people. Here no. Go. <laughs> God, I hate it. It's so insulting, man. It's like it's like Dick Van Dyke doing that Jarvis the chimney sweep horse shit in Mary Poppins. <laughs> It's fucking terrible. Right, who, so, who tolerates that? So, so, so. It's so insulting. Like, if I were from England and I put this chick on and I was like, are you kidding? It'd be like, it'd be like, okay, someone from England, um, uh, you know, doing like a goddamn, like, like, hit bad what, Like the Rolling voice. Stones? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I can't The girl with it. the faraway eyes. Cannot, Come on, man. I cannot. Tolerate okay. a, a fake British accent. So, I just cannot tolerate it. Were you able to make it through the fake? British yeah, accent? I muscled through it. Okay, and also like uh, it did occur to me in a few like literally she ripped off the riff from Hungry. Hungry <laughs> no, like, we're getting that. We're okay, getting that. Yeah, all, right. Right. all right, slow your roll, man. All right, all right. I just I cannot <laughs> I cannot stand fake British accents. I can't stand it. It's so shitty and so insulting. And like, why are you doing it, sweetie? What What's that about? Why do you, of all the places to go, you know, are, are you, do, does she not have it in her to just sing? Does she have to do the fake British accent? She does it on the whole album and it drives mm. me nuts, man. It's just, it's, 
it ruins the entire thing for me. Okay, so we got fake British accent over here. Right. Um, Patrick. Um, I liked it more than I thought I would when it first started mm. playing. Because um, at first I was like, oh, this sounds like Nick Drake and Joanna Newsom. And then on some verses, she sounds like Nico. When mm-hmm. uh, I like Nick Drake, I don't particularly like Joanna Newsom. So my guard was up a little. It's clearly an album about loss. She's also, if you listen to the lyrics, she is got to be one of the shyest people who's ever recorded music. Like she talks about how, I mean, she's, she seems like a criminally shy human being. To the point of not being able to function, which she's ashamed of herself for using a fucking, <laughs> <laughs> which whatever, maybe that's it. But, uh, but, and so I, I am uncomfortable in certain social situations, but I'm not nearly as shy as this person is. So some of it was hard to relate to. I, I did look it up. It sounds like she had breakup and loss of a loved one, which I can relate to. On some she's singing with a fake British accent. Well, sure. So, so. Like the emotionality I of break it, up with her too, right? Similar to it's. I think what's interesting about you picking these two albums for this podcast is I'm not in the headspace of either of these albums, right? Um, but this one I found a little bit. Um, it, it's not as complex. It's not as, and not to say it's not complex, uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not as sort of overly structured and that type of thing as the Bjork album. It was a little easier on the ears. It's something mm-hmm. I that could be on in a coffee shop and I wouldn't be mad. I, there are two or three songs I did actually quite like, mm-hmm. and there were some, I was like, eh. So I think my, my bottom line is like, I appreciate what she's doing. I think she's a good songwriter. I think she's got a, like an interesting perspective and voice. It was a little hard for me to quite get there in terms of relating to it. Um, I, not everyone looks like a watercolor to me. So, yeah, yeah. um, but but yeah, I mean, and I didn't hear the previous album, which I know a lot of people liked. Apparently, this is way more up tempo. Yeah, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, 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 I find yeah, a little yeah, hard yeah. to believe. I mean, it's it's, um, funny, it's funny you mentioned the headspace, and that's actually why I put it on there because I am thoroughly confused as why I'm actually this. I can get in this headspace like that, mm-hmm. and it was it was immediate and instant. And he, here's why: if it was July, we'd be shitting on this album right now. You think? I, I think so. I think you think I, I was lonely down here with Gus a little bit. No, I mean I I I didn't dislike this album, but it's again I like heard all, I got I heard all the hype. Uh, even though there wasn't like a huge amount of hype for this album, but there was Not still yet. But I, there was still like uh, like in like the weird like online like music forums I like read yeah, sometimes. There was yeah. like pretty you know people were like, well, this is really cool, especially for a last album. Well, Richards uh, from the Post wrote it up right, and so. I I think. Um, I agree with you that she's not a bad songwriter at all. I thought Moon Dude was like one of the stronger right. songs. Um, I just, if Bjork, if I, I, if I think we all recognize that Bjork is out there doing something new and exciting every time. And this feels like, this isn't just feels like nothing new. And this yeah. feels like, this feels like kind of a, a weird regurgitation of like, like a less, a less, a less, a less interesting Sid Barrett kind of thing. Like, interesting. um, almost like and the voice does bother me um but it bothers me more because it's so it's such it's like it's joanna newsom that's why it bothers me um, i just want as to opposed up to, and say it's not nearly as screwed up as sid barrett's solo work but i get what you're getting at in terms of the low finest sid barrett at least had mental illness yeah. to fall back right on. and right no so i'm not saying i'm not like my only comparison to sid barrett is that it's got this kind of like 
like lo-fi whimsical yeah, yeah. like um british whatever sound um <laughs> and british by way of oxnard california right um see bring me my <laughs> that being said i would pro i would probably go check her out if she's you know wherever she ends up playing a dc9 or whatever let's um, um I hope she, I, I would like, I hope she plays a decent night. I, I think I'm intrigued. Be... Let, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I, I want to talk about the name of the song is strange melody. We're mm. going to talk about how strange that melody Nothing is. Nothing strange about that melody at all. <laughs> so, this is a, this is a, a strange melody. melody in 1984. you may be referring to is Duran Duran's Hungry Like the Wolf. Not strange. Hottest melody in 1984. There is, like Patrick, you were saying, like there's no way that you didn't intentionally reference it. I I don't know. I've talked with people about uh, stuff, uh, actually recently, well not recently, but we just republished it, uh, Damien Gerardo, about Mm -hmm. thinking you know what like Wilco sounds like, thinking you know what this sounds like. Yeah, listen to that. and And then pushing that back out. So I don't know if it is like intentional. Uh, I think she's your age, Quinn. So fuck, hubba right. hubba. But but <laughs> hang on, she comes town. Yeah. So the Guess s- the song is all about run around, run around, run around. Say you run from shadows, circle around, sirens running on empty now, but you can't see me. Strange melody for a run around. Then the Spanish guitar comes in, and then that's when she hits the doo 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 from Hungry yeah. like the wolf. I think it's on purpose. You think it's on purpose? I think it's on <laughs> purpose. On um, I read. Yeah. So I read. I think I read somewhere that she she. Uh, really was a big fan of like 
uh, T-Rex, uh, Electric Warrior, which is a great yeah, yeah, album. Yeah. So my point that's is... That's how she learned how to play she, guitar. If she learned how to play guitar... Speak, uh, speak British, too. <laughs> and that's where she learned how to... Yeah, to... to um, but if, if she uh, if she learned how to play guitar by way of T Rex Electric Warrior, there's no fucking way she's never heard of Duran Duran. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's no fucking way. Well, anyone, they, with, I thought they did cover, or one of the the guitarists covered "Get It On, Bang a Gong." The guitarist yeah. from Duran Duran, exactly yeah. a Power Station. Yeah, yeah, power yeah station. I mean, I, just, I have, a, I just, yeah, man. <laughs> it's a full disclosure, man. Like, if Paul were here, he'd just be like, "God damn it!" Because, like, that is what I, I was sitting down here listening, having a moment. I'm like, "This is a very chilly album." I'm like, "Ooh, Duran Duran." Mm. Hell yeah! I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I don't know." I, it's again, it reminded me of Kings of Convenience musically, and I was like, "Okay, she's doing her thing." I, I just think, honestly, like if I threw a dart at a map. Um, mm-hmm. whatever town that landed on, I could walk into a coffee shop, open mic, and I could hear a chick who sounds like this. Right. Then the thing that sets oh, yeah. people like, you know, the thing that sets the people who do the genre well, apart from, I mean, not that she doesn't do it well, but like. It's a good PR company. Right. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's scarily true. She's but, not nearly as talented as her public relations people. Right. Yeah. I, or, that's the but point. she is more talented than Jack White's public relations people. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I think, I think that if you're going to do this, this is just like, I think you could, if you're going to do this genre and this kind of songwriting, it can be a lot more ambitious with what you take on and kind of thematically or, and like, and like, I don't mean ambitious. And I think a lot of people fall into this trap of just being like weird as shit and like, like, like going down like the elfish, whatever, like, like, like fairy princess, fairy princess road, or even like the like crazy hallucinogenic road. But I think, um, they're just people who are doing this. They're more talented. Joanna Newsom being one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially vocally, um, Joanna Newsom has a very distinct voice. Um, yeah, that's like one of her. That's like her trademark, really. I mean, mm-hmm. her part playing too. But I think she's just a much better songwriter. And if so, this like this like so hard, are, are the songs is what's suffering for you on this? Yeah, I just it's very similar. Like again, I, I actually don't. I joke about the latching onto it because of the Duran Duran thing. I don't know why this latch. I, I was like, right. Yeah, I can't I mean, pick. I'm, I've listened to this album like three or four times. Um, and I can't, and, and I listened to it this morning. I can't pick out the only song I could pick out and I can really remember is moon, moon dude. Yeah. Moon dude. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. And I can't really even differentiate it that much from the other songs in the album, which bothers it, me. It doesn't make it bad. Much like, like a bad. Bjork album. Much like the Bjork album, but there's a difference there where the Bjork album, it's like, I can, I can, I can, I can kind of pick out the difference. In the, Isn't in she kind of songs. playing like in circles? The patterns on this are very, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't want to disagree with you. I think there are a lot of. I'm not saying she's way more talented than the average, the best folk musician in Cleveland. I, I don't think anybody's <laughs> saying that, right? But I do think there's something, <clears throat> and I, I didn't love this album, but I do think there's something to the way she plays, the circularity of the mm-hmm. guitar playing that's different, and I do think. And I can't really connect to it, but I do think there's something about her perspective. If she is as shy as the lyrics suggest, then that is a unique. I actually, th- I wrote down, is she an agoraphobe at one point? Like she, I don't think this woman can go outside. And <laughs> like that's, think, that's an interesting. She's actually like, pretty well adjusted. Oh, okay. But um, anyway, that was kind of what I got from it is like, this is the agoraphobe, the agoraphobe's anthem. Uh, right. Some of this stuff, like, you know, some of it is really, uh, I've not quite heard that perspective. And so, and I'm not saying it's totally unique, but I've not quite heard that perspective. So that I do think it's a little different than some of your yeah. average. 
um, sort of folk stuff. Let me, uh, uh, Adam. Let me ask you about this. So uh, we were talking uh, before the, about uh, Riley Walker's upcoming album. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about if so? She's she's clearly like singing in a fake British accent. Yeah, totally. That is, and, and that's like I don't have the straight same, up. I, down, I don't have the same problem as, yeah. as you do. But yeah. but what do you feel about like people who play in the fake <laughs> British style, specifically guitar? Well, no, that, that's that's an unfair question because it's like there's there's no such thing as British guitar. No, there is. There absolutely is. Richard Thompson. There is Fairport Convention. There is stuff that is very like anglophobic. But the Kinks? No, that well, there, there are there are there's Blur. More Hobbit. More Hobbit. David the Bowie, folk. like early David Bowie before he became no, no, like, I'm Ziggy I'm Stardust talk, and I'm did talking, weird Hobbit I'm talking shit. Specifically, folk. Uh, Donovan. Yeah. Sure. Okay, well that's that's guitar playing though. Okay, and and be played by British people. Yeah, sung by British people, not someone from fucking outside of Oxnard, California, like this chick. <laughs> okay, okay. I just, I just, it just seems really pretentious, and that you're putting on like you're not just this girl playing music. You're, it's this character that you've created for yourself. Mm. You know, and it's it's. I hate that shit. I just hate that shit. You know, and I I can't. Yeah, but Bob Dylan didn't grow up like hopping trains with Woody Guthrie. I mean, there's got to be some level where you say okay with it. Is it just the fact that it's a foreign accent? Yes. I, I mean, because because part of music and part of rock okay, is Bob, constructing Bob Dylan, an idea Bob for was, yourself. Bob Dylan was at least pretending to be someone from the same fucking country. Well, okay, so there's in. where you're drawing the line. I, I just, I, for some, like maybe, okay, this might seem sort of unfair, but fake British <laughs> accents drive me fucking crazy. They drive me fucking crazy. And like, it seems so amateurish and so Bush league. And so like, it's like walking into a dinner theater in in Wisconsin and and seeing him do like My Fair Lady. We or should something. we should do a Clockwork Orange for Adam where we like pin his eyeballs up and we make <laughs> yeah. him we make him watch that uh, that Jeremy Piven PBS thing yeah, where exactly. he's like totally British. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, it's just it's just and, and to me it's it's also like, no, I get it. I, I, it's insulting as shit to British people. I, I, I get it. You like, know, no, it's about all the Brits doing American I, accents who are nominated I, for Oscars. I don't have the similar reaction yeah. to like necessarily fake British accents. I do have like. Uh, and I keep saying the word anglophilic, anglophile. Like, you know, there is this this style of very uniquely like in the garden maze music, which I think this falls into and stuff that I typically don't like, and I don't like the Riley Walker falls into that. That's why I asked. Mm-hmm. Um, it falls into that guitar playing where it's it's very. Uh, the only Americans I think who are allowed to do British accents are fucking Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> They're the oh only ones. God. That's that's the only time it's okay. That's the only time it's okay. Other than that, you're full of shit. Yeah, and you're pretentious and you're terrible. And and sing in the voice that you have. Don't invent some shitty voice for yourself. Okay. You know, don't pretend you're from like uh, you know like the East End or some shit like that. You know. Uh, yeah. I mean. Who knows? I mean, maybe I don't. I don't know why it occurred to her to have that voice for herself. She should have just. No, nobody knows. I mean, uh, uh, you know, maybe. And why hasn't anybody stopped her? Why didn't anybody stop her? Why didn't anybody say like, okay, clearly you're not from fucking Liverpool. You know, clearly you're not from Manchester. Clearly you're not from like Essex. I would argue there's a market for it. In fact, Derek and Kim are that market for that. Our friends, you know, (laughs) Um, just 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 sing like you 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 normally do. 
And, and you know, I, I like and, and that's the real tragedy here is because I didn't mind her, her style. Yeah. I didn't mind her tone. I thought her guitar playing was pretty interesting. Yeah. I liked hearing the tape hiss and mm-hmm. everything like mm-hmm. that. And, and um, you know, that kind of lo-fi. I'm in my living room just sort of doing this. Exactly. I yeah. liked it. But um, I thought the voice was was an affectation. It was a fucking affectation. It drove me crazy. All right, let me play counterpoint one more time. We just were talking Stop about being a lawyer. Just let me no, let no, me have no. My I, shit. I, let, let me be a shitbag. I, I think you're right, but you're wait a minute. But you're smart enough that we have to test the theory. So the theory. So, don't see. So I don't to, want. I don't want to do the the Socratic method here. You're dude. not. You're not. So what yeah. about we were just talking about PJ Harvey earlier. So, so like on White Chalk Circle or whatever the hell it is, she sounds like a total freak show. She sounds way different than she sounds on other stuff. And on Let England Shake, she sounds totally different than she sounds on Stories from the City. I mean, does that bother you when someone affects a tone of their own voice in order to fit the style or the or the aesthetic that they're trying to get across? Right. I'm not saying she's doing that here because uh, to I, me she's done this on no, both albums. Right. Okay, okay. I, I don't, I don't set myself up as a model of consistency. Okay, I'll admit that. Like, <laughs> no, on, it doesn't have, I'll, it No, doesn't. but I'll admit, I'll admit that. Like, on to bring you my love, you know, like to bring you my love. She's doing it like you know. Yeah. She's she's trying to go as close to blues, and I've heard her cover like uh, Wang Dang Doodle, right, right. You know, and she's trying to get in that neighborhood and stuff right. like that. But it just seems that sort of thing. It, it always goes like that. The Brits can kind of like the Brits kind of yeah. sing American music in an American voice. OK, um, what she's doing is, is she's singing uh, like she's fucking Billy Bragg. Do you know what I mean? Does that yeah. make sense? Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can't you can't you can't sing like Billy Bragg if you're from California. Mm-hmm. Or not even Billy right. Bragg, but she's singing like she's, she's Nick Drake. Right. And and I just I don't I hate fake British accents yeah. I, I I can't stand them. So so where are you going to land on the south? I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> what if we played it a few more times? Look, man, I've been honestly I've been pretty even keeled about 99 percent of the shit that we've been reviewing. Yeah, yeah. you know. No, I, no, no. This was like I yeah. I've been really even keeled about it. I, I was I was un, I was unsure of how this would. Uh, Tickle your fancy. And, Just uh, sing, sing like you're supposed to. Don't, don't pretend you're fucking Jarvis the chimney sweep or right. lady, lady puddle be on the marsh. <laughs> Just fucking sing. <laughs> You know, yeah. don't put on her, an affectation. Her next Just album is it. called Hello, Governor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Her next, her next album is called like, oh, God. Just All right, Gwen, like you're uh, supposed to. So the voice bothers me not really because of the British thing, just because I think it's bad. Like, I don't really, oh. <laughs> I just don't really, I don't really like, I don't really enjoy it. Okay. Maybe because I am like, I, when I listen to this kind of music, which I, more and more actually, I've been, I've been kind of getting back into it. Mm-hmm. I am just a sucker for like, kind of like more uh, more like vocal hooks and more uh kind of uh softer feminine voices and maybe that's like like it's the beard that's the beard maybe that's like my like you know like my my like bullshit like uh college like yeah let's go have a glass of wine let's go have a glass of wine yeah like listen to some records in my apartment i'm just gonna tell you tears in heaven works wonders (laughs) i mean i mean you know third stage has been working wonders so far (laughs) 
Really? No, not really. <laughs> you mean to tell me Boston's third stage isn't getting you laid? What's that about? But the Sundays, but the Sundays, who many could accuse of having a fake British accent because it's so British. Mm. But they're British. Gosh. I love the Sundays. I'll throw myself right. in front of a, front of a train for the Sundays. They're amazing. Whoa, don't do that. No, anyway, I love the Sundays. I I and back. I'm I'm going to stream this album because I I did enjoy it in like the atmosphere of me like shivering in like my like dark cold apartment um and i was like okay like someone else is out there <laughs> i'm not alone right now but i just nothing it didn't stand out to me very much um mm-hmm. i thought some of the songs were good i thought she i that loneliness factor or not even loneliness just her being the shyness factor mm-hmm. i think is really apparent and that's uh cool and I, i'm glad that that came through but there's something Nothing just sticks out to me here. I don't know, and I wanted I wanted more out of it than it was. Okay, Patrick, I'm a stream. Although I did buy it for the record because um, it wasn't on Spotify. Uh, well, that's the irony is that you can't stream this, right? So I like like Back Baby, uh, Strange Melody, and Moon Dude, and maybe one other song. I, I would. Yeah, I might throw in a mix somewhere at some point in my life mm. um, is sort of where I'm at. Um, if you have taken the Myers-Briggs and the first letter is an I for you, if you're not like an ENTJ <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. and you like coffee house kind of folk music, right. you probably will like this album. And there's – it's – you know, some of what she's doing is pretty interesting setting aside the accent. Like I do think the guitar playing is interesting. I do think – I want you to admit that it's a fake British accent. I don't – I can't. I don't have enough information. <laughs> I need to it. file a FOIA request to find <laughs> out. Uh, so <laughs> – so uh FOIA, FOIA request for a birth certificate. She's so, like fucking uh, torn. This truly is the nerdiest podcast <laughs> on the internet. So yeah, I mean I would stream and I I might listen to it again. I'm just not gonna go out of my way to hunt it down. It's mm. not gonna be in my like current rotation playlist. I'm gonna pick up yeah. the vinyl. I'm not gonna buy the vinyl. No. I I'm actually gonna buy it. And not because I can't stream it, but because uh for some reason uh which I was hoping to answer this question today and we did not. Uh I don't and, and you guys know that I look at everything with like the most scrutinous eye. Mm-hmm. For some reason, this I just accepted, mm-hmm. and I just heard it, and I was like, "Yeah, maybe you're shy." Maybe, well, yeah, I, I am, but I mean, it's like it, it's just like I heard it, and I was like, "Okay, maybe you want to be I'm British." Like, okay, maybe, possibly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's very uh, it's almost a claustrophobic album. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why you talk about the agoraphobia mm-hmm. and stuff, but. Um, yeah, it was just, uh, I think probably it was when I listened to it because it was, I wasn't expecting to listen to it. And then I certainly wasn't expecting to have it be just what it is. Yeah. Whether that enthusiasm is going to stick with me to the end of the year, I don't know. Yeah. Um, right no now, way. Uh, I'm going to call it right now. You're going to forget about this album. Are you? I don't think you're gonna. I think if like hospitality, and every year they put out an right. album. Next December, like next December, where this isn't even. Gonna, I don't even think you're gonna. This is gonna be on your like top twenty. You don't think so? No, no. Um, I'm, it I'm, won't I'm be in your top man. ten. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, only because I think there's gonna be a lot of good music coming out. Are you this guys year. saying I have no feelings? No, I'm um, just well, you're not gonna give a shit about this album in okay. like an hour. Yeah. No, wow. I will do that because oh, I will man. put it on after you guys leave because it's going to snow. <laughs> it's going to snow balls here. All right, as soon as, how about as soon as as soon as daylight savings time? You'll be like, all right, but uh, uh, or maybe if you're watching, if you're watching, uh, you know, W E T A U K, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, uh, you might, you might, you might hear or Bob Ross or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, this would go nice. Yeah, with Down Abbey was on last night. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, but yeah, I like yeah. British TV. Yeah. I, li- I love I all those too. British TV Black shows. Mirror, Black fucking a Black Mirror. Yeah, you Black know? Mirror, best British TV ever. Yeah, uh, not, not to cross the streams and podcasts. Uh, well, that is about our podcast for this week. Went eh, a little long. But, That's you know, okay. We got, we got it down. Trying the two album format out for you guys. Uh, thank you guys for coming down, mm-hmm. drinking some whiskey, drinking some beer. Uh, stay safe in the snow. I actually don't know what we're doing next week because we were going to talk about The Amazing, and the album is not. Oh, I see. It's not out. Amazing. <laughs> oh. Oh, I see. Um, I think with, uh, we should schedule that pile uh, yo, well, that, podcast down the road. Like, there will be, though, in the next few weeks at least, a remote podcast from uh, Above the Bayou. From my apartment. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you guys are all nice. welcome to come. So, uh, we'll go uh, talk about pile there. It gets a little cold. How much Jägermeister do you have? Uh, currently zero, but Call yesterday we had a college some. student. Uh, <laughs> So Jägermeister, Jello shots, and piles. So and wooden and like uh, milk crates for furniture. Actually, and that's a keg yeah. of. Rolling. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing college later, yeah. man. We have their like keg that. of rolling rock is yeah. what we need on top and of that. Yeah. In episode 105, the, the name of the podcast will be changed to Quinn Living the Dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should go over to Quinn's place and just be like, okay, yeah, let's let's see. He's got uh, my my roommates can be like, what the fuck? One, <laughs> my one, female roommate. Let's see one roll of toilet paper. <laughs> no, I live with uh, I live with a girl, so actually we. Oh, so there's plenty of that. There's, shit. We, yeah, uh, we do. Yeah, she like keeps the place running. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, but the, I mean, you're 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 a college guy, so you're like milk crates and milk crates. Um, we uh, futon. Uh, no, we actually. Yeah, well, well. <laughs> I know you got a futon. I don't. I don't have a bed frame. I just have a mattress, mattress on the floor. Mattress oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Classic. I'll leave you with this, Quinn. That Ramen. plus tears in heaven, and and then the Sundays for the closer. Oh my god. Success. No, do, uh, yeah, do, uh, do uh, hideous towns, man. That's yeah, by the Sundays. Exactly, That's the greatest exactly, Sunday song exactly. ever. So, thank you guys for coming down. We will talk to you in about a week. Uh, see you. All right.